Iowa everywhere. Time to go inside the game that was and look ahead to what's up next. What's up next? Ben Bruns has the answers and analysis. It's Cyclone Sunday with Ben Bruns. Only on Iowa Everywhere. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ben Bruns here. Cyclone Sunday coming to you from Iowa Everywhere. And uh, I, I'm, I'm actually live right now in the parking lot. Um, it won't be live by the time you get this, but uh, Jack Tri Stadium after the game. Um, I, I sent my man Chris Williams a note on uh, on, on the Twitter uh, on the Twitter app, and uh, you know, uh, out of respect for our friends at Fairway, who are an incredible sponsor of this spot, I'm going to keep it clean today. But I'm I'm telling you, I am pissed off. Um, I, I think Baylor was better today. I think um, I think their offensive line was really good, but. It's almost impossible to tell when 10 points go on the board without any sort of logic behind the officiating. And, you know, now that I'm not on the Cyclone Radio Network anymore, I can tell you what I really think about situations like this. The Big 12 Conference gets maybe the fifth best set of officials in the country. We share officials with different, uh, with different conferences. And, uh, and, but, they're, but they're all, you know, it's not the SEC. It's not the Big Ten. It's not the Pac-12. And, and sometimes it's the ACC. So, you know, you end up with crews that just aren't very good. And when you combine crews that just aren't very good with crews that consistently made calls that were inconsistent, and I want to start with the replay call. So the replay official, um, you know, is is not part of the crew per se. The replay official uh, at the beginning of the game called down to the crew to talk about a play that in one definition of targeting meets the criteria, right? Player led with the crown of the helmet with a strike to the body of the opponent. What the player didn't do the player didn't bring his hips into the play and try and finish with a violent strike through that area. The ball carrier lowered his body as he came into the tackle. The defender lowered his body as he came into the tackle. And all of a sudden, Iowa State has a guy ejected from the game that was just trying to make a tackle. Should he have had his face mask up? Yep. Did he put himself at risk? Yep. But was it targeting by definition? No, it did not meet all the criteria of targeting. So when the Iowa State crowd is super upset about other plays inside the game where a similar situation happens, it's not targeting either, right? It's not a shot to the head or or, or upper neck region, right? Um, but, But it is leading with the crown of the helmet, which is exactly what we got somebody thrown out of the game for. And so... That inconsistency, the, the uh, block below the waist on the defense when Anthony Johnson hits the guy in the ribs is absolutely unexcusable. That is a terrible call. 
it's so bad. And, and it's made by, I'm not gonna say an amateur crew, but it's made by a crew that just isn't getting paid very well. It's getting made by a crew that is a fifth tier crew. And a fifth tier crew came to Ames today and gave us a fifth tier performance. And it's really unfortunate because this game was a super competitive game and it was a marquee game. It was on national TV at 11 o'clock. And I don't really understand how we end up with a performance so uneven, but yet one-sided. And, you know, as, as you look at uh, any play, right, um, the, the play Will McDonald got called for uh, hands to the face, he was getting held. <laughs> you know? It's like, what do you, how, how are you going to call this, guys? I mean, there is no, there's no time that flag goes down in that situation and it's against the defense over the course of several plays in the game. The same kind of thing happened where an improbable flag, the, the improbable outcome of a flag that comes down happens in the game. God bless Matt Campbell. Uh, the man took a timeout and still kept his composure in a setting where, you know, I, I actually was like, I hope coach gets thrown out of the game. I really do. Because this is so wrong so fast in the game that we need something to change. And something never changed. So, <clears throat> it's a really poorly officiated game. You all knew that. Baylor won the battle in the trenches. Baylor's number 12 was the best quarterback today. That wasn't close. It, it, it was not close. Um, Really, really well-played game uh, by the Baylor offensive line. So Iowa State has to bring pressure. And, and, uh, and, and by bringing pressure, you leave guys open in the middle of the field. Baylor found them. And I think that's a huge difference in this game. I think the other difference in this game is Baylor, as they rolled out in play-action situations or they checked down, had open guys in fourth down situations, third down situations, short yardage situations in the bootleg game where Iowa State checks down twice and misses throws to the running back out of the backfield. And, you know, Hunter Deckers is a, is a really, 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 really good quarterback. He's a young guy. This is a young football team. This Iowa State football team is going to continue to get better and better and better. This was a huge test today. It's a pretty veteran Baylor team that was getting all of the calls. But they won up front. Baylor won up front. Baylor's guys, blocking Iowa State's guys, won up front. And, and the play of the game, in my opinion, is the reverse flea flicker. Reason why. Brilliant play call, right? Iowa State's so good at coming downhill to take away the run. But, but a little bit soft on the backside early in the game, right? The first half of the game, Iowa State was soft on the backside of those plays. Baylor, so Iowa State starts to screw down the backside of, of, of the play. So they, they fake a run to the play side, um, heavy side of the formation. Uh, they, they roll bootleg out the other way, and, and things are there. 
Iowa State starts to adjust. They start to stay home a little bit more on the backside. Uh, they come downhill a little bit more on the backside. And they catch Iowa State in, in the midst of this this reverse action where Iowa State is coming downhill uh, home, staying home backside, and literally no one home for 30 yards uh, over the middle after the flea flicker. It's a brilliant play. It's really well done. Hats off to the Baylor coaching staff. That is knowing your opponent, knowing what they're doing, and exploiting it. Iowa State's defense is a, is, has a bit of a conundrum right now. Our 3-3-5 look does so many good things. We're so good at getting downhill and taking away the run on the play side. But getting pressure on the passer isn't happening with those three guys. And Will McDonald's getting doubled all the time. In the run game, pass game, doesn't matter. Will's getting, Will's getting doubled up. And, you know, as long as he, he has played an extraordinary season so far as an undersized four technique, okay? Um, our defense has a setup that in obvious passing downs, Will McDonald is going to thrive. Because if we bring pressure anywhere, now all of a sudden he can start to get loose. But in regular down and distance, it's a really hard defense for Will McDonald to consistently make plays and be consistent. So, by the way, cheers, everybody. This is a back pocket brewing clone fest, uh, fest beer um, from my friends at uh, Back Pocket in Iowa City. Um, they, uh, they aren't very good at football, but we're okay. Um, man, that's good. Um, Iowa State has a has a good young football team, but they got outdueled today by a better, more experienced football team. And the fact that Iowa State was a three point favorite from Vegas coming into this game as the preseason number six, number seven team in the country, or I'm sorry, number six, number seven team in the, in the conference with Baylor as the favorite, I think tells you how much parity there is in the conference, but it also tells you that people have a lot of belief in this Iowa State team. And I don't want anybody to walk out of Jack Trice Stadium today, or, or if you're listening to this tomorrow, I don't want you to wonder about coming back. Um, because this team's just going to keep getting better. It really is. Um, the defense shifted a little bit into more four-man front or, or more, um, you know, bringing, bringing one of the outside linebackers down into the game as the game went on. I think that's an adjustment that Iowa State may have to make this year uh, to create a situation where Will McDonald can be a playmaker. But we'll, we'll see as the season uh, unfolds. You know, John Heacock is uh, a, a, an incredible uh, mind and, and an incredible, um, incredibly passionate and, and um, good coach. And, and he will make some adjustments that maximize the sum of the whole that Iowa State has. But it's really hard when... You know, you're you're starting one of your starting safeties gets knocked out on the second or first play of the game on a terrible, terrible call. 
I mean, really bad. Um, Iowa State weathered that storm today. They had a chance with a really good onside kick at the end of the game to potentially push this thing into a tie game. Hunter Deckers did not have his best day. The offensive line played just okay. Uh, MJ Anderson's a guy who continues to impress me in that defensive line, and he's going to be uh, my big man in the game today. Um, I'll go watch the game again, probably. Um, but, you know, a little different than some uh, some days. Uh, I'm bringing this to you right after watching watching what happened today. We got, a good, we got a good ball club. We got a lot of things going for us. We have a great fan base. Our fan base has come to expect excellence on the football field. They've come to expect a high level of play. And at times they were disappointed today. And, and I understand that. But you're disappointed because you expect to win. You expect to beat the preseason number one, the reigning Big 12 champions, in a home game. Um, because... We should, right? We can. We can. And I think that's a tribute to uh, this this coaching staff and this program and these facilities and, uh, and this fan base in a lot of ways to be in a position to go win a game like this when we're not quite mature enough. We're not quite good enough up front offensively. You've got like... Uh, Jake Remsburg uh, warmed up for the day today, was in full pads, right tackle, number 72, uh, did not get a chance to play. Right, He hasn't had uh, real game reps for more than a year now. Sat out almost all of last year with an injury and uh, got dinged early in this camp too. And, you know, to see Jake come down the tunnel and run onto the field, he's going to play soon. And, you know, Grant Tiber, who's, who's played that right tackle spot uh, in the interim, has, has played well. Um, but, you know, Iowa State's going to keep getting better. Iowa State has got to get better at tight end. And we're used to excellent tight end play. And we have really mediocre tight end play right now. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge difference from what we're used to. And so, you know, we talked last week about all the success that Tom Manning is having with Hunter Deckers in this offense. We're used to playing with uh, consistently reliable tight end blocks. We don't have that right now. And so uh, until that happens, Iowa State's offense has to continue to evolve to try and create things when it's at least a 50-50 proposition in in the tight end uh, blocking in a run game. You know, it's just not reliable right now. And, And that's, you know... Got young guys. You got guys that uh, you know haven't had as many reps as uh, the absolute rock stars that we had there for years. And you know, I mentioned um, a couple weeks ago how much we actually at the beginning of the season I mentioned how much we miss Chase Allen. This is what I mean, right? And the chickens come home to roost in a game where defensive ends get after you, where outside linebackers get after you. They they can come with heat. Uh, they can come with with skill, and they can get off blocks. And so, you know, if you get beat at the point of attack or near the point of attack uh, at that tight end position, and Iowa State is so so used to relying on that position to to be successful, you're going to lose that play. If you lose that play, now all of a sudden you're behind on down and distance most often, right? Because th- those are running plays where you um, have to have to uh, make some yardage. 
All that said, Iowa State was still in this game at the at the end of the thing. You, if you're listening to this, it means that you are a true Cyclone fan. That you want to know about the ins and outs of this stuff. You need to know that you have a football team that didn't blink for a second. Not one. They're down 10 late in the game. Lots of people leaving the leaving the stands. And, and you know, if, if you're listening to this, you're one of the people left. It's okay, right? It's, it's a bleak situation. This football team got after it. And, you know, at some point as a coach and as a person, what you really need to expect, what you really should rely on is will your people fight until the end? Because life's not perfect. And this team fought till the end. And 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 that's a big deal. And uh, and and it isn't it cool to be a Cyclone fan and believe until the end? Isn't it cool to be a Cyclone fan and be pissed off? They've got screwed by terrible officiating. I mean terrible. Thank goodness that replay official got that call right at the end of the game. Maybe it was a gift of a touchdown uh, by Jarrell when we first scored. But it's because there were multiple awful calls earlier in the game that you can appreciate something actually going your way. Iowa State has a huge test next week. I've been telling you for weeks now that this Kansas team is no joke. And that's even that's almost hard to say. Like I just said it with a straight face, but I have a beer in my hand, so maybe better take another sip. This Kansas team is no joke. They have good athletes. They execute. They take care of the little things. You know, the Duke team that they beat today doesn't suck. That's that's a pretty good ball team, and they were really good last year. And heading down to a KU environment that we've never been to before, not like this, not like this, um, it's going to be a real test. Because I think the dudes on the other side are every bit as good, maybe better, than Iowa State. You know, Kansas has always had talent. They always have. They're just terrible at putting it all together. This football team has put it all together, and, and they've learned how to win. And for a young ball club at Iowa State to go to Kansas, and it seems silly to say, like it seems like even saying it makes me feel weird. Um, you got to go play. You got to play great. You got to forget about the things that didn't go your way today, and you got to go ball out. And this, and this ball club will do it. But you got to learn as well from your first loss of the season, and and you got to show up and do it better. And, you know, there's a lot of things Iowa State can clean up. Uh, Hunter Deckers can play better. Iowa State's tight ends can play better. Uh, Iowa State can do a better job of taking away off-tackle run and still taking care of the backside edge. That can happen, but it has to, it has to start uh, on, on Saturday. And, you know, uh, the cool part about this is this football team knows how to win. They know what to do. They know how to practice. And they're going to go to work. They will. So cheers to you all. Hope you have a great week. And uh, go Cyclones. Are you tracking on the-
Iowa everywhere.